What the fuck is going on? It's Keep Up with Still Vincent. How you guys doing? I had a pretty dope weekend so far. I'm going to record the radio show, Keeping It Real Hot and Fresh. Once again, that's on Facebook Live. That's called The Livest Show. You can watch it on there. You can all watch it also on the mobile app, which is on iTunes and Android phones. You can do that. That is the DTF mobile app. You can find that in the Apple Store or you can find that in the Google Play Store. Both available. So I'll be recording that tonight. As you know, every Tuesday, this show premieres. It's on Spotify. It's on Google Play. It's on iTunes. And it's on SoundCloud. And don't you forget to always check up on my stillvinsane.com webpage where I love to give great photos, great media content. You can find my Words Mean Things that used to be on the CWF Network. That's a complete 10-episode edition. You can also find my demos, my demos where I have done voiceover commercials, renditions, stuff like that. So nothing with uh, my animation pieces, unfortunately. I don't have that many. So i got to work on that. Got to work on that. I definitely... I'm on this, I've told you, I'm on this dating site, uh, Hinge, and one of my uh, things, you you get to answer a question, and it's like, what are your goals in life, or all these kind of things, so one of them is, what, uh, how do I know that I have gotten to where I want to be, and I put in my question, I put in my answer, when I have a Happy Meal toy of a villain, of like a Pixar villain, and it's it's of my voice. It is because of my voice. I voice that character. Um, one of my also big dreams is to voice uh, like an animation version of Carnage or even play. Like if I ever got back into acting, even play Carnage. That'd be super dope. So on this, uh, on that wave, on that wave, I like to say that ride the motherfucking wave. Dude, when I'm on these dating sites... I'm going to say something a little controversial. Sometimes I have to do a backswipe. And because I have the premium versions of these of these uh, dating apps, I get to press backwards and uh, for free, I guess. So, like, sometimes you can't press backwards on these things because you got to have it because, yeah, everything nowadays, especially with uh, net neutrality being trounced, you get certain tiers of service. Now, I agree with that in most services, but not for something I believe is the internet that should be mostly free and mostly considered as a utility rather than uh, an amenity. So, whatever. That's, like, more political than I'm saying. But this is political, too. This is, or whatever, social. Sometimes I see someone dark or I see a black person or... And black people are very beautiful. Everyone's beautiful. Not everyone, but every demographic of people. Pockets within, there's some fucking ugly motherfuckers out there. Sorry, not sorry. But what I'm saying is, is that sometimes I got to redo because automatically I'm not really attracted to them. Overall, overall, dark women I am not attracted to. And I know that sounds funny, but it's true. And there's some I've been obsessed with. There's some that have been so fucking gorgeous it's it's insane. It's insane. But the ones that I have been exposed to, I'm sure the ratio is much huger than what I've been exposed to, even though I do live in a very dense 
Afro-Caribbean neighborhood, I still don't feel like it represents uh, black women all across the world. And even in New York State or even in the country, I don't believe that that's a representation. So just me personally, this is why I backtrack. I give it like an affirmative action. I'm sorry, man. You know, I believe, I guess I believe in affirmative action in other areas too. So like if I'm on Bumble or if I'm on Tinder, if I'm on any of these sites, I have to do a double take sometimes because I go, damn, I didn't give this black girl a chance. What the fuck is wrong with me? So I kind of like had to do like a little Rooney rule. Kind of like, I got to at least interview a hot black candidate. Yeah, she got to be hot. I can't just be looking backwards just because she's black. Now that's some bullshit. But she's got to be hot, too. She's got to be hot. So, whatever, man. That's shallow Vince for you right there all day, all day. Uh, I have a friend named Shallow Val, but I don't know if he's as shallow as me. So, I might have to take that uh, title away from him. Shit. You know what I really hate? I really hate when people say, uh, they, they tell you exactly what you said. Or they, they think they know what you said, but they try to tell you what exactly what they said. But they don't know, like, where the the conversation came from or when the conversation happened. There's, like, holes and spaces missing in between uh, a fucking border wall or even their argument. And so my question is, how are you going to tell me what I said? Like, I don't get it. Like, why are your ears more credible than what I what I'm trying to verbalize. I'll never understand that. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Don't, I, I don't know. Usually from the horse's mouth, that is a cliche right there. Usually with that, you believe the person who said it, right? They, unless they're covering up something like Brett Kavanaugh and his little calendar, his little thirsty ass. Guys, I believe her. Dr. Ford. I didn't even see the interview, but I believe Dr. Ford because 10,000 years, man, men have been getting away with raping women for a long time and for molesting women and all that type of stuff. I've been molested. I've been molested by women and men, actually. So, dude, it's out there, man. And it's more rampant than you think. I've said the statistic before 75% of victims are more likely to commit those type of crimes to someone else. So we got to stop this, man. We got to like do something about it. And we got, and you know what? Talk about it. And it doesn't even matter if it's 30, 50 years. It doesn't matter. So on that note, you can't tell people how to feel and you can't tell them when trauma or how to deal with trauma. I may joke about it. I may like, you know, act like I got a hard stance on that, but it's true. It's true. I mentioned someone two people and it's, it's against my principles. So I got to come back. I got to come back full circle, man. I don't like exposing people and their names. And that sounds funny, right? Because I kind of mentioned people and even got close to really exposing them and who they are just for my show. And that's not that's not right. That's not right. It may be funny, but that's not the expense that I want to pay. I want to pay my expense. I don't mind throwing myself under the bus or people that don't really mean shit to me. But people that do mean shit to me. Um, like some of the people that I, that I kind of ruffled some feathers that I actually really care about, that I actually really care about. So my point is you can't tell people how to feel. I disagreed a little bit of like how I disseminated that information, but when I thought about it clearly, 
I'm by myself usually. <laughs> Not when I'm talking to the person. When I'm talking to the person, I'm a little defensive usually. But you can't tell people how to feel. You really can't. Even if they're wrong. Even if they're so fucking wrong. But not only that, even more true, if you do something to someone and you expect them to feel the way you do, that ain't always the case, my brother and my sisters. I don't understand why you would think that. But whatever, whatever. Just don't tell people how to feel. Oh, man, I slapped you in the face, man. You should be able to take that. No, maybe I don't like being slapped. Oh, man, you're a man. You should be able to be more aggressive in the situation or like, I don't know, I'm not trying to like victimize men out there, but I'm just saying. Don't expect someone to act or feel the same way you do just because you do it that way. Same thing with being generous and have, expecting people to reciprocate. Nope, nope, they might not. And I've had to learn that the hard way. I didn't intentionally do these things to have it be rewarded, whether it be a relationship or friendships. But later, I did. I did. I expected to be compensated. I expected to get my fucking 40 acres in a mule, motherfucker. But you can't expect those things. We talked about Colin Kaepernick last week. Uh, real quick, I just dropped some knowledge. So, Colin Kaepernick, we talked about him. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. We've done, uh, delved deep. But we don't really need to delve, dive that deep with him this time. But I just wanted to point out to anybody that thinks that there is only one version. Just like Happy Birthday, there's Stevie Wonder singing, Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday. That sounded terrible, didn't it? Well, you didn't fucking come to listen to me to fucking sing, did you? So I'm done with that. I'm done draking you, motherfucker. So anyway, um, Lift Every Voice and Sing is the Negro National Anthem. Now, before you go getting all shuck on me, buckwheat, and being like, Hi, Vance. I don't like that you're trying to give blacks just the their own anthem man get her done bitch now my uh my response to that is is that uh not everybody coincides with patriotism patriotism could mean that you want to improve the country just the way that i've told you that complaining is a mechanism to make things better i don't need to subscribe to the same America that you do. Neither did the black people in 1987. I mean, sorry, 1871. Whoa, 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 whoa. 1871, where John Rosamond Johnson created this wonderful song. And I'm going to play Melinda Doolittle's rendition real quick. Just a, just a little bit of it. And just to let you know. That there are other versions, just like Betsy Ross had other versions of the American flag herself. You know, countries colonizing at different times and adding more colonies and having different designs. My grandfather has a flag. My great-grandfather, sorry, 
has a flag. Um, we have all the flags, actually. I have them on a little mount. And they're very dirty. And I need to have them restored. But it's really cool. And I'm all for that. I'm very proud of my country. Very proud of my country. But I don't settle. And I'm, I love New York. I think it's the best city of all time. I've been to a few cities. I need to go to more. But uh, New York is the best. And the reason why it's the best is because people fucking complain. And the reason why America is so fucking great is because people fucking protest. So, that's why we're independent from Britain. That's why a lot of things that we do, First Amendment-wise, and peaceful protests and the right to organize, it's fucking awesome. So, I know there's some really dark, I mean, some really shitty-ass laws out there. But overall, we're pretty alright. Got a lot to improve, so keep fucking complaining. So here's Lift Every Voice by Melinda Doolittle. Written by James Bolton Johnson. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to fucking give it the uh, the Academy Award hook. That my own fucking mixer, Harry. Yes, I'm calling you out. Sorry. Broke, broke the trend already. I'm not perfect. That he gave me an outro in the middle of my Emmy ca- uh, coverage. Because I didn't predict anybody. But anyway, so that's uh, they'll let you know. And I'm going to read something from Google right now. Because, you know, Google has all the answers, right? Many people are surprised to learn that Lift Every Voice and Sing was written as a poem created by James Weldon Johnson. It was performed for the first time by 500 school children in celebration of President Lincoln's birthday on February 12th in 1900. So I wasn't, oh yeah, so he just, he, you know, created around that time. Not every date, I, I, even when I was a history teacher, I wasn't really stickler on dates, just as long as it fucking happened. But yeah, that's a little history for you. I try to provide that for you. Just a little bit. Just a fucking little bit. Don't you hate when... Mostly on Facebook, actually. It's mostly on Facebook. I'm a millennial. I may be on the end of the millennial shit stick. But I am a millennial. And I hate when people go... Well, this one's kind of fun, but like I let's let's just give this as a first example. Let's give it a little first crack at it. Jay Z and Beyonce are the best fucking couple in the world. You find me a better couple than them. I'll wait. I hate when people do that. Actually, I really don't like it. I really don't like it. I like it that they said that about Beyonce and Jay-Z because, to be honest, there's not that many doper couples than them. So, you know, that's a bad example when it comes to that because that, like, you know, wins out on rock, paper, scissors every fucking time. So, 
what I'm saying is, what I'm really saying is why do people do that in arguments? They'll say it as if like they're repping their own shit. And you know I fucking hate when people rep their own conversations. Yeah, I'm coming at you. And to be honest, I probably think I'm whooping your ass too. But I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm going to let either the people decide. Or I'm going to let the facts decide. Or I'm going to let the evidence that we're going in. Because like sometimes I got to look at it again afterwards. Because I can't, like we're in the heat in the moment. So I can't like just concede right there in the spot. That's not how things go. So if you say something stupid, especially like, I'll wait. And then I come, I don't even let you wait. Like, yeah, why would we need to wait to like prove you wrong? Like, shut the fuck up. Like, I got you. I got the information right now. Or to be honest, overall, if they're wrong, that's the best part. If they're fucking wrong and they'll say that shit. Like, it's like a premature, like, touchdown celebration. Like, what are you doing, man? You need the ball, my nigga. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So anyway, yeah, I talk about the Negro National Anthem, and then I say the N-word. You know we're all about contradictions on this show. Keep up, suckers. I don't get it why age matters to people so much. After 18, we're all able to fuck each other, guys, legally. Yes, legally. I don't really understand. I don't really understand. So as far as not even just that. Uh, we talked about Millie Bobby Brown and Drake. It didn't really look good with their little text messages and shit. We talked about that on Keeping It Real Hot and Fresh. But that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to advocate for the relationship and bilateral thing going on between Drake and Millie Bobby Brown. To be honest, that they were fucking. That is pretty illegal. I'm not down with that. But what I am down with is if they have a really platonic friendship. And a mentorship. And that's what Drake should be about. I still don't like when people judge me for like an Ariana Grande. She is a grown ass woman. And because of the way she puts her ponytail. People think that she looks like a little girl. Whatever. I didn't know the way you wear your hairstyle. But I guess. I guess not. I guess like pigtails. But I mean people be doing that. Like some people be doing that Chung Lee shit. Cardi B be doing it. I'll be talking about my global citizens experience later. I went to that concert. It was so good. But age only matters. My ex was super immature. And I think she's pretty immature now. Like stuff that I've seen before. I don't really think that's really changed about her. Some people are just stuck in their ways when it comes to that. I know a few people that I've had to kind of like distance myself a little bit. Including people distance themselves from me. I guess they think I'm too immature. Whatever. We can't all be friends with everybody forever, I guess. I, I've known that seven-year rule, like you, you recycle friends. It really is true. People have recycled me, and I recycle them. And now, I guess we're leaner and meaner people. Who knows? Maybe it'll work out for the best. But age only matters when? Only when you act like it. And if you're acting like a fucking fool, you're acting like you're fucking 12. And if you're acting astute and... Freaking noble. I mean, you're pretty much an adult. I mean, you're still fucking up. You're still a human being. Shit happens. But as long as you handle those things like an adult, I consider you an adult. If you do shit like a kid, I'm going to look at you like a fucking kid. And that's how it goes. And uh, what I'd really like for my last topic of the monologue 
which I like to do before I get to the what the fuck news topics, viral news topics, which are what the fuck did I hear, what uh, what the fuck did I watch, where the fuck did I go, which this week is the governor's, not the governor, sorry, the Global Citizens Festival 2018 in the Great Lawn, we'll talk about that, and what the fuck did I say? which is a cliche or dumb phrase or overused phrase or overused cliche that people use and I dissect it, I break it down, or I make fun of it. It's kind of like cyberbullying a cliche. I'm all about it because I can't really roast it, can I? Can I? Like if they're not on the throne and they're not on Comedy Central, could I do that? And we'll talk about, I think... like one and a half cliches. I mean, it is two cliches, but there's a main cliche. So there's a there's a like uh, and a a B a B version of the cliche. But what I'd like to do is, I do get mad at people, and I'm visibly mad at people. It's cool. I show that emotion, and I'm not ashamed of it at all. But what I don't like is when people are so petty. I am petty. I'm petty, but like I'm petty with the shade. It's more like that. I'm like a fake thug when it comes to that. I am very like I will I I will get mine when it comes to words. I will throw that fucking pencil into your fucking neck and not even like think about it when it's happening. But people like I've said before, actions speak louder than words. Well, that's bullshit. It is bullshit. It still is. It's as bullshit as when I had it on the episode of words mean things. People are really butthurt when you say something really bad about them more than if you did something. So for instance, if I say something some to someone offensive at whatever job I'm at, because you did something to offend them, if you get their name wrong, whatever, that, that happens a lot, they are vindictive in the process and they will sabotage either you or both of you for the job just because they were offended. That's happened to me on several occasions on several jobs. Whether the case was sabotaged, I mean, the, the, the project was sabotaged, or we were sabotaged, or I was sabotaged. It's a vicious cycle when it comes to that. And just like when I was saying reciprocate, like, just, just pay it forward, guys. Like, don't expect someone to treat you the way that you want to be treated if you're not willing to pay it forward. The only way people think that they're paying it forward is when they do something bad and they think someone's not going to do something bad to them. But yet, when somebody does something good, they expect the same in return. Ain't that a bitch? What the fuck? Did I just hear, and this is brought to you by Spotify Release Radar based on my fucking algorithm. And what I like to listen to, and it's mostly white boy tunes. No, I'm joking. I was raised on hip-hop. I love rap. I love hip-hop. And I love all different types of music. But I'm not one of those motherfucking cliches. Actually, we will. I know we've talked about it already. Where people are liars. They're fucking liars. They say that they like all types of music, but then they'll, like, turn off a bunch of genre. Or they'll have, like, a chock full of different... And you're able to analyze it. You're able to observe. So I guess, like, they're leaving it up to you. Like, they're like, you know what? You figure out what kind of fucking music I like. Stop fucking asking me that question. What the fuck? 
So what I'd like to do is I'd like to do a few songs from Spotify Release Radar. I'd like to describe them a little bit, maybe talk about a little bit of uh, music news, which I'm a little late on this. I knew about it, and I tried to talk about it last episode, but I didn't get to do it. I didn't get to do it. So let's talk about Killshot and Eminem. And that's the response to MGK, the rapper from Ohio. And, uh, I mean, he's white. There's really nothing. Uh, he has a lot of tattoos on his body. And he has it, something that looks like suspenders. I'm not really that much of a fan of him. But there are a lot of people that are fans of him. He has a huge fan base. And there are some people, like Joe Button and one of my colleagues from college, he believes that uh, M- uh, the, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, MGK, is uh, responsible for the death of Eminem in the in their bat battle, their rap, blah, 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 their rap battle. So let's play a little bit of Killshot for you, and yeah, let's just do that. Let's not make any fucking promises. Let's just fucking play the song real quick. You sound like a bitch, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Your fans become your haters. You done? Beard, beard. You yelling at the mic. Beard, beard. Doing this once. Why you yelling at the mic? Rihanna just sent me on a text. Last night I left Tiki's on a neck. Wait, you just dissed me, I'm perplexed. Insult me in a line, compliment me on the next. Damn, I'm really sorry you want me to have a heart attack. Was watching 8 Mile, I'm on auto track. Realized I forgot to call you back. Here's that autograph for your daughter. I wrote it on a starter cap. Stand, stand, son, listen, man, dad isn't mad, but how you gonna name yourself after a damn gun and have a man bun? Giants won't eyes open undeniable. Oh, shit, we're gonna stop it there, because you know how I feel about man buns. They are, they're so gross. You guys need to stop that. As men, there are, there should be some, I mean, nah, I don't know. One day I'm non-binary, one day, the next day I am. Who fucking knows, man? But man buns, to me, personally, they're fucking gross. And MGK, you just lost just for having a man bun. You didn't even have, like, Eminem didn't even have to respond, to be honest. Like, you just having a man bun. You already lost every single rap battle for the rest of your fucking life. I'm joking. Uh, there's a lot to say about this. So MGK went on the Breakfast Club, and he had some verbal responses that weren't any bars. But it's cool. It's all right if he does that, but it's not okay if Eminem were to do that, even though he talked to Sway, whatever. So MGK is on The Breakfast Club, and this is brought to you by YouTube Premium, so I will play that for you real quick. That, that like, this career just butted out of nowhere via him. I've I've had a John Barbados fashion campaign. I've been I I don't I don't I don't know what place you could limit me to. I've done Warp Tour for three years. This is a punk in the heat tour. I've also went bar to bar with you know partial matters. Like I don't there isn't any. Yeah, everybody's always giving you flack for your career. It's so odd. It's like Wait, how many times I've had a number. I've had a number over twenty million. Though. Yes, I've had a number one pop song on well, the radio. Real facts, account. These are all facts. real. No, these are real facts. Google this. But you know, when he, when he did take the shot at you on, on the Kamikaze album, was it one of those things like you you were ready for it because you you've been feeling like you've been banned for a while, you've been feeling like the little shots have been coming at you, so you were you were prepared. I don't think anyone's prepared for that. 
I mean, you know, I'm always, I'm always, I'm just, I mean, I'm not a sucker. You're not going to punk me. I mean, ultimately, that's the, that's the ultimate thing. It was just one of those things. Because Rap Devil just seemed, Rap Devil seemed executed video, just seemed, it was there. It was, it was like one of those things. I can't help that I'm, that I'm on point. I can't help that I, that it took this for y'all to see my talent, not y'all being you, but you know, that I, I can't help that. I thought. I still can't see it. Not going to lie. MGK, you're okay. You're not that great. Eminem, maybe I'm biased because you're really dope and you're still really dope. Kamikaze and Killshot were better than Rap Devil. But you're also talking to the person who believes that Jay-Z won his battle. You're also talking to the person who believes that Eminem won his battle against Cannabis. You're also talking to the same person who believed that 50 Cent crushed Ja Rule. So if you disagree with some of these things, I don't know what to tell you. You're just going to have to go into my suggestion box all the way down into your mother's undercarriage. I'm sure you'll find it. You let me know. I'm sure. Not MGK. It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's like, all right. I'm talking about the Eminem boys. What's up, Remy? I'm, I smell, I smell smoke. Is that because he actually dissed you and you have yet to respond yet because you mad pussy and you scared to death and you know he would flame you if you even try it? Is that why? <laughs> That's not why. Scotty, you're right over here. I'm just checking it just out. Just making sure. Look at James. I had to hit recline. No, like, no. I like rap where people are saying things. That's all. And Machine Gun Kelly, uh, regardless of what you think of his actual skill set, he had a lot to say. No one really gives a fuck about what MGK has to say. We want to know what are you going to say. What are you going to say? Well, That's true, but like, we didn't I, expect MGK to respond. We, was, we expected who we expected to respond, though. Joe. Why are you saying nothing? Well, let's just talk about Machine Gun no, Kelly's response. <laughs> oh, man. Revy Ma, you are the best part of State of the Culture. I'm a big Joe Button fan, but I'm an even bigger fan of Remy Ma. I didn't even know that. I just figured that out. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your understanding in that situation. Remy Ma, you fucking flamed Joe Button in that. And you used Eminem to do it, but it's okay. Because Eminem would flame him. I don't care. That's a strong opinion. But fuck with me. Fucking put it to the test. Just like this damn limited uh, investigation into the FBI against Brent Kavanaugh. They ain't shit. And to be honest, even the person behind him who's ultra-abortion, the reincarnation of Michelle Bachman, you don't want that. You don't want that. But anyway, I thought that was fucking hilarious. So I'm kind of glad that I waited on this. So let's play some fucking music. Let's play some fucking music. So right now we have a Family Man recorded by Lily Allen. Slow, slow disco St. Vincent. We have Promise by Calvin Harris. Tied Up by Major Lazer. Shallow by Lady Gaga from A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper who all of a sudden thinks he's a country, a country music star. That's cool. Thank You by Logic, and he has a new album out. And that is with Lucy Rose and the Rat Pack. Then we got The Weeknd with T.I. and Young Thug. We got Lost in Japan remix, Sean Mendez. He was at Global Citizens Festival. Alt-J has a new album, and uh, Adelina is one of their new songs. We got Hope. By Tenacious D. I'll be seeing them November 4th. Be on the watch out for that episode coming soon. 
Then we got Honey by Robin. She's one of my favorite artists. Golden by Hippie uh, Campus. Then we got Imagine by Lupe Fiasco. Peter Pan by Arcade Fire. And Nervous by French Montana. Let's get this little music montage on for you right the fuck now!
That's all I got when it comes to those songs. I played a little extra. I played some Red Man. Love Ram Man. Let's tear it up. New album's coming out. Uh, Lost uh, Apocalypto Post-Apocalypto by Tenacious D. Like I said, I'm going to go see them November 4th around Election Day. Make sure you vote, motherfuckers. Uh, Kill Shot was one of the songs, but we played that a little bit. Uh, yeah, dude. It's all, it's all about the music, man. Music is fucking amazing. It keeps you alive, keeps you running, keeps you going. I hope uh, that made your day a little bit. And that's all for the music news, I believe. Yeah, we'll wait until next week for some more. What the fuck? Did I just watch? What the fuck did I just watch? You tell me. Nah, you're not going to tell me. Because I'm going to tell you, and it's a little depressing, it's a little depressing, even though I've been watching Wentworth, I'm still watching that, still watching BoJack. Uh, but I saw a documentary recently, and it's called Heroin by Netflix. I'm going to drop some knowledge with it. I learned through this documentary, which covers a EMT fireworker. It also covers a social worker who goes on the street just... Uh, trying to promote programs and talk to prostitutes 
and get them off of heroin itself. So the, the documentary is called Heroin. It's been nominated for quite a few awards. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. It's very short. It's like around 50 minutes. I think about like 40 actually. And uh, they follow these different people that are connected through helping people in West Virginia with the heroin epidemic. And the reason why I say it's an epidemic is because it is 10 times the OD rate, 10 times the average rate of overdosing in West Virginia. This is a heavily red state. I hate to make it political, but it is. So if you want any changes to that kind of shit, now I am a drug person. I'm pro-drugs, but I am, but I know that being addicted to drugs is a sickness. People that don't really take drugs or, you know, recreationally or even just don't even believe in it. I think they are more dangerous than me saying that I am liberal with people doing drugs and having the choice. It's so funny how people want freedom and individual freedoms. But they think that the things that you ingest are the things that put their safety in danger. There is no proof that some of these things will do that. But if you do get addicted, yeah, that kind of behavior does happen. Because when you're desperate, just like if you're desperate for money, you act in a certain way and things go out the window. So this heroin documentary is very, very good. I highly, highly recommend it. I've been slacking. If you didn't notice, I've been slacking on my A-list. I got to start going to more movies. Um, I have a few things that I have in mind that I want to see. So you'll be hearing more of that soon. Also, uh, I need to start using my movie pass. I didn't. Uh, it has to restart, though, because movie pass pulled a slick one. You can only use three movies a month. And then if you try to use more movies uh, or watch more movies, they'll charge you like a discount, I guess. But whatever, that's not what I want. I'll use my A-list, which you can use three movies a week, all premium, all whatever you want, what kind, any type of movie pretty much. So I will be looking forward to that, and you'll be looking forward to me reviewing more films and television, whichever. I do them both. What the fuck? Did I just go? Where did I go, George? Where did he go? Where did he go? Well, this weekend I took my sister and I took my good friend and we went to Global Citizens Festival. We did our thing. We waited online for a very long time. We saw Cardi B, Janet Jackson, special guest John Legend. We saw The Weeknd. We saw Shawn Mendes. But we also almost got caught in gunfire. Now, you were talking to someone... (laughs) who believes in strict gun legislation, but for a brief second in my life, I was like, holy shit. Now, it's not to say that I am pro, let's have a gunfight, but I was really scared. And I was hoping that my first responders were handling the situation correctly. My sister was safe. You know, she ran off somewhere. That was great, even though she was supposed to be with us, but that wasn't her fault. She wanted to go lay down somewhere. She had no idea something like that was going to happen. Now, there was no gunshots, and there was nobody with a knife. All things that I thought were going through my head, I thought I was going to see somebody bloody and shit. Yo, people really ran off, like, and people were getting trampled on. Anybody that was sitting on the floor, dumbasses. People who sit on the floor at festivals are so stupid. They ruin the space for everybody that's trying to walk through. And yes, yes, I know it's annoying. But yes, sometimes you got to fucking walk through people. It happens. Like, I don't like it either. I don't like being squished and having to move for people that are doing that. 
But you gotta fucking, you gotta be a little more courteous than that. And stop leaving your fucking blanket and you on the floor. So that's why if you broke your fucking nose because you got trampled on because you had the damn blanket, that's your fault. But it was a barricade. A barricade fell and people thought it was ju- it was fucking gunshots. That's fucking crazy. And I thought it was too. I didn't even hear gunshots, but I definitely saw so many people running, so many people being so scared. And I got caught up in the commotion. But anyway, let's get to Cardi B, where she paid money back, money back, money back, money back. Hey, you can tell from the front, I got ass behind me. Oh my God, she is so fucking dope. I am such a fan now. Yo, her album is really dope. Uh, you know, again, she doesn't write her lyrics, but who, yo, the team that makes Cardi B, including herself, who is the top dog of Cardi B Productions, uh, kudos to them, man. For real. It was such a sensational year. I've seen her three times now. I've seen her at a Maria, a Hurricane Maria benefit concert at the Barclays. I've seen her at... Uh, Made in America two, a year ago, not this year, but the year prior. And I just saw her on Governor's I mean, Sorry, I keep saying Governor's Ball. I'm, like, obsessed, I guess. Uh, Global Citizens Festival, she fucking killed it. I like it like that. Moneybag, Bodak Yellow, she called it her baby. She got a little political. But she kept it short and sweet, unlike J. Cole. So, you know, it wasn't, like, non-entertaining. She was beautiful. She had this red sequence thing going on that was like shimmering. And she had this blonde weave that was so dope. Hats off to Cardi B. Weekend, not his best performance for me, but he was post after the uh, barricade, which mad people left. We were thinking about not going back, but we entered back into Central Park, the Great Lawn, where it usually takes place. Uh, It was crazy. That shit was nuts. And then... We saw, uh, like I said, we saw Shawn Mendes. I never really seen him before, and he's pretty dope. And he was just on one of the tracks, uh, lost in Japan, thousand miles away. That's pretty dope. I actually am a fan of him now too. He kind of messed up on some songs that he was covering, but oh well. Damn, now I forgot what song he was covering. Oh, need somebody, someone like me. Uh, the uh, oh crap, the fuck is their name? Kings of Leon. I love Kings of Leon. I've seen them twice. Uh, where did I see them? I saw them at Governor's Ball, and I saw them at Made in America. There you go. They're a really good band. But it made me appreciate the voices on King of Leon, Kings of Leon because Shawn Mendes cannot reach that note. He's very good, though, and he's very talented. He plays the guitar very well. Did a duet with John Legend. Uh, there was a bunch of celebrities there, like Amber Heard, Andrew Cuomo, a lot of prime ministers, you know, the, the UN summit was this week, so a lot of them were left over here, and a lot of security was in Central Park that day. Uh, Janet Jackson was fucking incredible. Her body is so awesome. Sorry to objectify her, <laughs> but she's amazing. She's so amazing. She put some screenshots of Joe, John, Joe Jackson, the abuser, her father, but whatever. She missed him, and she played songs for that. She played some songs from Velvet Rope, my favorite Janet Jackson album. She was sick. She was awesome, and I had a great time with my sister. We did a lot of cool stuff together. Um, like I said, it was a long line, but it was it was fucking majorly worth it. I loved all the performances. I enjoyed the experience, even though, like you know, it, it I thought I was gonna die, or I thought people were gonna die during that barricade incident. It was on the New York Times, guys. It was like in the news, so check it out. I was a part of that, even though it's not something you really want to be a part of, but whatever. So. 
check out my Instagram story. I'm sure it's still up there. It may be still up there. Who knows? But if you're listening to this late, it's not up there. So that's why it's called Keep Up. You got to keep up, motherfucker. You can't just be listening to this shit wherever the fuck you want. This is not fucking DVR, bitch. That didn't even make sense. So that's why I need to move on. I need to get on to the next shit. Come on, guys. Help me out. Oh, man, what the fuck did he just say? Oh, no, you didn't, girl. Yeah, I did say that. And we're going to say a bunch of shit right now. Everyone loves the fucking underdog. And that is the title of this episode. And it's true. Everybody, even when I'm playing video games, I'm cocky. I talk mad shit. So people don't really want to root for me. Floyd Mayweather, Gary Payton, Kevin Garnett. Michael Jordan. People loved Michael Jordan for his talent. I don't really think too many people, like me included, loved him. I loved him. I loved him for his trash dog, actually. I did not care. I loved him for his ability, don't get me wrong. I was a Nick fan back then, so I hated him. And I didn't like him necessarily as a person. And sometimes I judge people for doing that, but fuck it. This is my show. You can complain about people's personal lives, their celebrity life, on your own fucking show. How about that? And then I can guest star, and we can complain together. So my thing is, is that America is sometimes, we think, all of us, me included, we feel like we are responsible for people's comeback. I've mentioned this before, because I feel like Vince Vavu, or Deja Vu, I feel like that Americans don't really want to see rise to the top. They want to see rise to the top, but they want to be responsible for your catastrophic, meteoristic fall to the bottom. That sucks. But they also, in a sinister way, want to be responsible for your comeback story. The, the Cinderella story, Rocky, Rudy from Notre Dame, fictional, Dodgeball. With Vince Vaughn. People love the underdog story. I have two underdog stories. Where I'm not the underdog. Sometimes I am. But most of the time, I'm not. And I'm here to admit that. But I'm also here to to tell you that not many people will fucking admit that. And that's a fucking problem. But that's not you or my problem at the moment. Right now, you're going to hear some fucking stories of why, in my perspective, being the underdog is totally overrated. So, both of them have to do with me being in my frat. And one of the stories is that um, I went uh, I went to this uh, school in Indiana, this university, and uh, DePaul University, and I was a part of the fraternity Fidel the Theta. And um, there was this dude, uh, his last name was Rig. It wasn't Rig, but it ended with Rig. And I used to be like, oh, hey, blank nig. Like a fucking idiot in a red state where this dude just chomped at the bit to say nig. You know, I had an ex also, her brother, couldn't wait to jump on any racist humor. You know, I don't mind racial humor, but, like, it really is sus when, like, people, like, you see them, like, 
like really get happy like a kid in the candy store when you let them fucking say the n-word it's too funny and scary at the fucking same time so this dude said that and i'm not gonna lie i kind of held a grudge for that i loved him i really did and overall i would have took a bullet no i wouldn't damn that's a really shitty cliche too so many cliches, guys. I don't even know if I could use them all. But you know what? There's. It seems like there's an unlimited supply. So I kind of wanted to get him back, but not like in a like in a really hurtful way. I just wanted to fuck his ex girlfriend. So he brings his ex girlfriend to the uh, university and our and one of our parties, and he introduces me to her. And now I know that that's his ex, and she was kind of cute. She was a little chubby. Not usually something I go for. She was pretty short went to Purdue and um I ended up fucking her now my and I fuck, I was fucking her in a closet next to where we used to play beer pong now my pledge dad which was you know sometimes he's a little gay and there's nothing wrong with gay people but there was but there was something wrong with him being particularly gay in this moment he cock blocked me pretty much and I was not able to finish and uh, she leaves the room because she was embarrassed because she was seen by his uh, blubberistic personality. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? And he goes, I was trying to save you. And I'm like, did it look like I needed to be saved? Now, if if you are balls deep in pussy, I don't understand why people think that you need to be saved. Like, I don't know. Throw me a fucking lifesaver or a raft or something. I'm drowning in the fucking pussy. That doesn't really make sense, does it? No matter how I say it, how I convey it to you, that's not fucking cool. So that's all I got to say with that part. But anyway, let's move on. The story continues. The story fucking continues. I, uh, the girl comes back to another party. Now, I didn't, like, flat out tell this person, you know, I fucked your ex-girlfriend. No, I'm sure he knew. And he wasn't really into her anymore. So it wasn't even that much of a revenge. This is all just college type shit that happens. So she comes back, and I'm like, oh, I kind of wanted to finish when I started. Kind of wanted, you know, slipper the dick once again. I'm trying to do this, and it wasn't that hard. She was down with it too. She was enjoying what we were going through the struggle, the everyday fucking struggle with the vitamin D. And I must say, I, uh, I got cock-blocked again, but this time by a shorter version, a much more Jewish version, and a much shorter version, and someone who, I guess, couldn't get pussy as well. You know, there are extremes, guys, and there's extremes of these people. Like I said, the the other person who cock-blocked was really fat, and the other person that cock-blocked on me this time was jealous and short. So his little Napoleon complex came into effect and was like, he was trying to hit on her too, and and I knew that she was going to come to me eventually, but this motherfucker comes up to me on the side and goes, dude, you eat a lot at this fucking frat. Let me have one. That's basically what he said. So, I'm a good, I mean, I consider myself to be a good frat brother, so I was like, hey, dude, you can take this. So, he does, and he ends up hooking up with her that night, but... She wasn't really thrilled with that. She even gave me a look before the deed happened. I was like, damn it. So this is like a Me Too movement, I guess. Like, sorry, bro. Like, I mean, I'm not going to mention your name, but whatever. Anyway, so uh, in the morning, we end up, like, talking at the table. And uh, she's there. She's still there. We had breakfast. We had, like, this, this chef and shit like that. And so 
the uh, I even asked the girl. I was like, "Dude, did you end up?" And she's like, "Yes, he made me give him head." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" And I'm like, "She's like, why did you do that? Why did you leave?" I was like, "Dude, he really wanted the win. He really want. He, I guess he really wanted his his rocks knocked off." I mean, I'm not trying to like you know. It seems like she could have said no, but who knows? People are forceful people. I was not there, but all I know is that I was trying to do the greater good of people and just move out the way. That's all I tried to do. I was trying to be a good Samaritan and a good frat brother. So I let the underdog win. Did I get to bust the nut off of this? Was I, did I get to use his dick in this, uh, in this adventure? No, I did not. This was his own personal, uh, gain, I guess, and her loss, unfortunately. So hopefully she'll be able to black that part out of her mind. This next story, though, this next story has to do with me and um, where I thought I was the underdog. I used to go to this class with this really cute girl, and we used to uh, be in this class called Liberation Theology. He's a really dope professor. He was from Grenada, and he'd be like, do you read me? Do you read me? Like, every time, like, at the end of all the sentences, and it was really fucking cool, and he was actually, like, always quoting Bob Marley and shit. I was fucking digging the dude. And uh, so we used to have these flower ins and the girls would have to uh, either get tackled and they would present this uh, this flower and it was it was like some initiation type shit during pledge season. And then uh, some of the couples would like either try to tackle or bring a flower. And then on top of that, we would bring them this this Boonsbury shit. And we would just really get drunk. And it would be a bilateral type thing. It would be just like between the sorority and the fraternity of that night. And then after you're done partying with them, you go party wherever you want. So this time, her sorority got to party at mine while she was a pledge. And I was a freshman as well. I was a pledge at my fraternity. And, uh, yo, this this sorority that she was in, I slayed so many fucking chicks. It's not even funny. I might as well been in their sorority how many times i have been inside the girls in their sorority anyway so this conquest that i had with this girl uh well maybe i was the underdog actually now that i think about it but whatever anyway so i was not a pledge anymore and we ended up having this uh flower in with this with this sorority and she was there and so she was a freshman with this other freshman dude now, I know that contradicts what I said before, so the timeline, I guess I got fucking wrong. Sorry. So she was a freshman, and I was a sophomore. There we go. We're back in business. And her friend from back home, they grew up together, and I guess he thought that he was Corey and she was Topanga, and he thought he was going to bang her. I guess that wasn't going to happen because, like, she, he was in my room, and he basically brought me outside and was like, dude, I grew up with her. Could you basically get out the way? Damn. How is that going to happen to me again? Again. Why do people think that they need... It's like for me when you're playing basketball and you're just shooting around. And you get the rebound and somebody goes, Could could you please pass me the ball after you got the rebound? Motherfucker. Go get that rebound. Go earn that shit. Don't be like trying to like make me go get the rebound, exert my energy, and you think I want to give it to you so you can take a jump shot? Shut the fuck up with that shit. So we're going to mention like a big major cliche right here, and it's called the elephant in the room. So now we're back in my room where the elephant presides, and uh, 
he goes somewhere real quick. I guess like he wanted to give me space to say goodbye in my own room. I guess he was going to try to hook up there. And she whispers in my ear. Now, I used to come to class in like sweatpants. I used to smell like major weed. And I really didn't look like I wanted to pay attention. So that did not, I didn't think I looked attractive to this girl. She would always look very put together, very cute. I, I like her a lot. Even now, like I see her on Facebook. She's doing very well. Good for her. So, uh, I, he leaves me with her and she goes, by the way, we're going to hook up tonight. I'm like, damn, all right, that's very forward. So I leave, I go to party, everything's all good, man. And I guess he was very sorely disappointed because I did not see him for the fucking rest of the night. I could have pulled rank though. If you go on my Facebook, ugh, it might, it might expose these people. So beware. Um, yeah, man, I'm giving like a look like, dude, I wanted to pull rank. I wanted to be, I wanted to shut this person down just so I can get some head or some pussy, like, just like everybody else. If you're a lesbian, you understand, but I, cu- I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I didn't want to strong arm somebody like that. It just wasn't my style, but this girl strong armed the situation and she shut down the underdog. I felt like he was behind because I was already in the money. I was already in the shmoney. Okay. So, I ended up uh, getting some sloppy BJ. It was really nice. Um, I had to hide from one of my friends because, you know, I, I had a crush on her back in the day. But she didn't really have a crush on me. So, usually when somebody has a crush on me, I try not to expose myself to hooking up to other chicks. Even though it's a natural state of being. You're supposed to fuck other people when you're not fucking that person. Whatever. But, the moral of the story is, I don't give a fuck about underdogs. You guys like underdogs. I don't like underdogs. I like being the best at a situation. And if I'm not the best at a situation, yeah, sure, I'm the underdog. You don't need to fucking root for me. I'm going to fucking get there with or without you. Shut the fuck up. Listen up and keep up. Hold up. You better listen. If You better follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's still insane. Still the S-T-I-L-L-V-I-N. S-A-N-E, or Keep Up NYC, one word, on Instagram as well, and on Facebook. Then you can also watch my show on Sundays. Once again, that's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Keep it real hot, fresh, the livest show, DTF mobile app, Android or uh, Apple Music. You can watch, you can listen to this damn show on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stillvinsane.com and oh shit I don't even know but anyway like I said let's get back to the business shut the fuck up listen up and keep up with Stillvinsane we're over and out homies (laughs) 